This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's important we look at the facts. Why? Why? Douglas Ross is sounding pretty scared. I believe in independence. And he clapped like a seal. I'm Paul Hutchin and welcome to another episode of Planet Hollywood, the Daily Record's weekly take on the big stories in Scottish politics. Joining me this week are two esteemed colleagues, Hannah Roger, who's the chief reporter at the Sunday Mail, and Ben Borland, who's the editor of the Scottish Daily Express. So school's back, and by that I mean the summer recess is over and Hollywood is sitting again. And of course, the main item of Hollywood business this week was Hamza Yusuf's first programme for government in the job, effectively his version of the King's Speech. And in terms of themes, he said that uh, it would be an anti-poverty programme for government. He would prioritise business as well. We saw initiatives on things like childcare, um, increasing benefit payments for pregnant women, a vague commitment to duel the A9 and other bits and pieces. So, Hannah, let's start with you. Was this the big, bold reset that Hamza Yusuf needed, or was it an underwhelming hodgepodge of re-announcements and reheats? Um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely go with the latter there, um, you know, especially around... The A9 around free school meals, to be perfectly honest, we've heard it all before. And, you know, I think it's a bit embarrassing, actually, for, for Hamza to have to recommit to something that his predecessor had committed to and failed to deliver on. I think it's not that, if I was him, that's not something that I'd be bragging about, to be perfectly honest. And also, I think the issue with some of these policies is that there's no, um, you know, there's not really any concrete timescales or real detail as to how these things are going to be delivered. I mean, I know with the free school meals, we've got a date of now 2026, I believe, mm. uh, but that was supposed to be 2024, or sorry, 2022. Um and it, it just feels a little bit like it's being kind of <clears throat> pushed pushed down the line, I suppose. And and who's to say if, you know, the SNP are still going to be in government by 2026? Um, yeah. So... Yeah, no, I that's the same scale, yeah. 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 Um, I think, you know, some, some of the announcements are... A positive, like around childcare, like around the um, kind of social care workers' uh, wages and things. Uh, but again, it makes me slightly concerned because, of course, we know that if you fling a whole load of money in one area, you know, where is that money being taken from? Um, and I guess that's that's our job to kind of figure figure that out. 
Um, but that's, I'd say that's my take on it. Yeah, Hannah, sticking with you, I mean, I suppose the point I would make is that you said that cutting child poverty levels is its top priority. That costs money because to take people out of poverty, you have to give them more cash, mm. higher benefits, um, topping up the wages, that sort of thing. And if you look at what his deputy said earlier this year, they're facing a £1 billion black hole. So there isn't any extra money. So they're facing this sort of tension between wanting to do something which is expensive and not having anything to really back it up. Do mm. you think that he might struggle to actually live up to his top priority? Well, absolutely. And it's also, you know, looking at Nicola Sturgeon and that sort of doomed phrase that she said, judge me on my record for education. And, you know, we can't say that there's been a huge success in Scottish education and it's drastically improved during her time as First Minister. And I kind of worry that Hamza has made the same mistake because poverty is... You know, yes, there are indicators, but there's so many sort of intangible elements around it that it's quite hard to measure everything. Um, and as you say, there's not there's no money. Um, everybody is skint, um, and that includes councils and the government. Um, and I don't see how they can afford. You know, I think it's it's excellent what their their you know aspirations are, but I I just don't see how they're going to make that work with the budgetary constraints that they've got. And also, you know, let's be honest, a lot of these um, schemes that the Scottish government announced, they give the sort of power or the the funding or whatever to local authorities to to sort of enact and then when it goes wrong or it doesn't work properly they blame local councils so you know I, I, I kind of see a bit of that already um I sort of yeah I predict some of that to be happening yeah I think the great unraveling watch this space mm. Ben what's your perspective on the program for government from a sort of centre-right daily express perspective uh, I think the number one thing for me, we're talking about the, the black hole and where's the money coming from. Clearly the money's going to come by clobbering middle-class Scots with further tax rises. I mean, it's just it's so predictable, it's so depressing. Um, I, mean, I was just thinking there as, as you were speaking, I, I don't think anyone in newspapers is... Is, 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 you know, earning a king's ransom, but we're all quite senior people in the industry. I certainly pay more in tax in Scotland than I would if I lived in England and did the exact same job. You know, what? what's to stop me buying a house in the Lake District? As you can see, I'm at home in, in the spare room. I, I could work from home, I could jump on a train to Glasgow two or three times a week, I could be in Edinburgh in an hour and a half, and I'd probably come out ahead. And, you know, th there was a report this week saying that people are doing this, and Humza Yusuf's response was, I don't care. If they don't want to live here and contribute to our great social experiment, then let them go and pay their tax in England. It's just such a wrong-headed approach. 
And well, I mean, let's say you did buy the, this uh, property in the Lake District, you're probably going to have to pay stamp duty on it, legal fees. It's probably going to be higher council tax um, in that part of the do, world. Do you think Cumbria County Council will be higher than East Dunbartonshire? I'm, I'm not sure. Wouldn't be massive. I mean, I know we'd. Are these kind of protected? You know, is that not why they were created in the first place? There was a story in the papers over the summer that uh, band, I think it was bandee houses in the south of England were paying similar council tax to bandee houses in Scotland. And they, they were talking mansions, we're talking Sussex. Would it, really, would it really be in your financial interests to leave your family it, it, home and move to Cumbria with all the sort it, of. A new family home. It, it's it's starting to look that way. It just feels like we're being persecuted and pursued and asked to pay. Persecuted? Yes, yeah, financially persecuted for for the pleasure of living in the SNP Scotland. Right, firstly, you are paying extra income tax as a result of decisions that the SNP made, but you're also paying higher national insurance as a result of decisions the Conservatives have made. Why not talk about that? Well, that's the same for everyone in the UK. This is the, the iniquity of people in the same country. So let's not forget the UK is the country. Scotland isn't the country. England isn't the country. The U United Kingdom is the country that we live in. Well, and Scotland is a country. Scotland is a country, Ben. That's why we've got a devolved parliament. You know, we're not... We're not uh, no, but the state, the, the state... Well, England's a country. Scotland's a country, historically. Yeah. But the, yeah, the we, state we, is we, the United we Kingdom. We are a country. I mean, you know, Cumbria... Okay, well, well, I, 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 I tell you, I well, the, United, no. the United Kingdom, in the same way as Australia or Germany, is the country that we live in. And why should people in one part of that country pay more than people because doing the exact the, same job in another part? tax was devolved to the Scottish Parliament. That was a democratic decision. Um, and it's within the, the, the competence to either raise it, cut it, or keep it at current well, levels. Yeah, yeah, and it is. And it's it's within people's rights to then say, well, I don't want to pay this. I'm going to move. And yeah, the yeah, yeah. response to that is good riddance. The country seems like quite a, you know, bizarre That's thing not, to say. I didn't deny that Scotland was a country. I said the United Kingdom is the nation state. Yeah, it is the nation state, yes, but there are, there are countries within that that make up the UK. And as we know, Scotland's self-determined to stay in the United Kingdom back in 2014, but it's still a country and we're a devolved parliament. We have income tax under our control and our politicians make those decisions. You know, if, if you don't want them to have those decisions, then call for the abolition of the Scottish Parliament. But I don't think the Express is doing that. The Express isn't doing that. The, what the Express is doing is saying that everyone in the United Kingdom should pay the same level of income tax. Well, I mean, on Regardless that basis, they exactly the same NHS, the exactly the same education. Oh, so what, oh, what is a post-convolution? Do you know what? I just think, right, people listening to Planet Hollywood really don't care about this. I think we should get back to talking about programme for government and all the other exciting things that are happening in yeah, Scottish well, politics well, this week. Point on tax, okay. Do you not really? think... Really? No, I think we should not, just move on. Hold on, just one final thing. Do you not think... Was he not hinting a U-turn on income tax rises? Because at the briefing yesterday, he was talking about behavioural change and looking at the impact of maybe people... Moving south of the border. So do you not detect that 
even though uh, well, I hope so. Hinting though, hinting's no good. He's hinted at a single use vape thing. He's hinted at the A9 dueling. He's hinted at all these things. I mean, stop bloody hinting and go on with it. Just declare uh, what you're going to do. Uh, absolutely. Just, just on, on the A9. I mean, this is such an old promise. Yeah. I, I, I know. It's, it, how long is it now? About, you know, well, 15 I, I, years? I, I, it's, I was certainly, I, I remember 2007, after the SNP got in, going on a, a, a road trip with Murdo Fraser and Neil Gregg from the AA, which was a fascinating amazing. That sounds amazing. We drove from Perth to, um, oh, where is it? Inverness, uh, no? No, not all the way to Inverness. Uh, the, the, the Harrods of the North, the, the posh service station where you can get. Oh, uh, House of Brewer. House of Brewer. We drove from Perth to House of Brewer. Anyway, the, 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 beside the point, the point is that this was a very, very, very long time ago mm. that the SNP first promised to duel the A9. And the fact that Humza Yusuf is re-promising it yet again in his programme for government 16 years after Alex Salmond was elected specifically on a promise to do this, mm. we still don't have an end date. I mean, that's, so that's I think that was my point. 2026, but the whole project yeah. could be years beyond that. That's my point about it just being a bit embarrassing. Now, you know, how, how can you put these things in your programme for government that your government have been promising for for years and not delivered? I mean, the A9 at the Sunday Mail, I did, um, like quite a kind of in-depth series of articles about obviously the issues with A9. I'm sure we've all written stories about the sort of dangers. And, you know, I think one of the things that struck me was I spoke to quite a few families whose relatives have sadly died on those roads and just the sheer devastation that it causes to families for, for generations um, it's not, you know, it's it's just really not good enough actually to to do nothing about it. Um, yeah, I thought the A nine announcement was just an insult. Um, yeah, you know, no no detail backing it up, and we just expect to be grateful for this reheat of something that we don't actually think is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Another one, Hannah, childcare. Now, obviously, we've got the three hours just now for three and four year olds. Comes <clears> in during the leadership contest, said he wanted to extend it to one and two-year-olds. He's talking about a phased introduction for two-year-olds, not seeing who's going to get it first. And when I asked him yesterday at the huddle, he couldn't give a guarantee that every two-year-old would have free childcare by 2026. So again, it's like, well, it just seems like words. It's like word soup. There's just nothing. No dates, no, no cash to back it up. And I mean, it feels like people's hopes are being raised and then they're, they're inevitably going to be dashed. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I said, you know, at the beginning of this uh, podcast that I feel like there was a lot of promises, either old promises or some new promises, but then the detail is sorely lacking. And I think that that's where the issue is. And unfortunately, you know, it's unfortunately, it's not the first time we've heard this sort of criticism about Hamza Yusuf. Um, you know, he's very charismatic he's very personable I think you know people do like him as a person but I'm hearing you know when I'm speaking to people from across the not necessarily political spectrum but across sort of a range of industries 
there's a lot of talk that Hamza is really all talk and and they've had enough of that already from this government and they want to see actual action that is going to benefit people living in Scotland. Um, It's not good enough anymore just to say, you know, as you're saying about childcare, for example, you know, when you're actually questioning, well, how is this going to work and when are you going to be doing it? And there's no answer. Um, You know, people, people are not thick and they know that if you can't give an answer, then it probably means because you don't know. So should that be in the programme for government? I would say probably not. It sort of reeks of, let's just put it in. Hi. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In there. Ben, do you not think, you know, you look at the program for government and then you consider that there's going to have to be a billion pound of cuts in the budget. I mean, this year for Hamza, it's going to be about taking things away from people, not giving things away, not giving things to people. And politically, that is just going to be very, very difficult for it's it's going to be. I, I think it'll be easier than, than than you might think at first, because the SNP have developed a, a strategy for these cuts, and, and that strategy is cut the council budget and make them take things away from people, and and all the bad news then gets handed on to local authorities, and and the SNP can continue with this fantasy of, of good governance that they've managed to um that, that's falling apart now but for for years they did uh, manage to fool a majority of people in scotland enough people in scotland that they were doing a good job despite the fact i mean it's a long long time now that councils have said look we are bearing the brunt of this we're being cut to the bone and local services are suffering the, the same again it'll be it'll be more of the same this the bulk of this billion pounds will be taken from local authority budgets. There'll be some clever accounting to kick uh, another large chunk of it down the road. And the rest of it will be filled through tax rises. Um, The councils have been told to increase council tax again by up to 22.5%, which they did already in 2017. Sorry to keep going back to taxes, but, no, it's okay. No, if the express editor's on the call, this is what our readers care about. Mm. This, is, this is the number one issue. They do not want any more tax rises. Have you got the train booked to Cumbria yet? Oh, don't tempt me, Paul. <laughs> I do think, though, like it does. I think I have a real issue with this whole um, <clears throat> the way that the government sort of are so quick to blame local authorities, you know number of times you go to the government for comment on a sort of you know large issue and they just blame individual local authorities and as you say they've been crying out for fair funding for you know the whole time I've been a journalist anyway I can't count the number of stories I've written about it so yeah, yeah I mean, I every time you see, 
promises for big rises in the NHS and then there's going to be uh, extra spending on benefits, you know that local government are going to have to feel the pinch of that because you can't possibly increase spending in all three because that's just such a big bit of their budget. Mm. Um, let's just move on to another issue, um, the licensing scheme for short-term lets, which was passed by the Parliament um, uh, uh, by, that's right yes um and so there's a bit of a stushy this week in terms of the implementation of it it's not going well and there was a demonstration outside of hollywood by some of the short-term let owners um who i think some of them want it scrapped some of them want extra time in order to apply and cope with it but there was one short-term let owner who said the following. I just want to ask you about this, Hannah. Mm. The word pogrom means to destroy, to wreak havoc upon, and to violently demolish. It's often associated with the Nazis and their treatment of the Jews. But if you look at the actual definition of the word, that's what they're doing to this sector. They are the parliament of pogroms. That is how I feel. What do you make of that? Um, a load of shite. Basically, I just think, like, I'm sorry, but that kind of incendiary language is unacceptable in this context. You know, the issue, I understand, right, the issue that, that some of these people have. I think some of them just don't want to have to pay a little bit more to register for something. And there is the argument that, you know, if you're running like a B&B, for example, you already have to comply with a lot of these sort of rules and regulations anyway. So I think they feel like it's almost like a, you're paying twice for something. But, you know, if I, I was speaking to someone the other day and they made a very good point. So I'm just going to steal that point because I liked it. They said, you know, if I was running this campaign, I would have, uh, you know, 70 year old granny from Aberdeen who rents out her, you know, second house or something. And as a BNB, I wouldn't have all these sort of well to do, mm, like middle class people kind of throwing words like pogrom and things. It just doesn't, people the public do not feel sympathy for these people. And I think it's a shame because there are genuine situations and, and business owners who will that really, really struggle with this. But people like that woman using this inflammatory language, you know, people just look at that and go, oh, shut up. Like, what are you talking about? You know, I don't want to listen to what you have to say. And that's a shame because I'm sure she would have some you know, valid, valid things to say, but that was not one of them. Ben, these comments were idiotic, weren't they? Idiotic and offensive. Um, do you know, I must admit, I hadn't actually seen the um, the, the banner. Um, I know it was, um, it was reported. I, I think whoever was organising the protest should have really had a quiet word in her shell-like and said, well, you can't really... This is going to do us more harm than good. It, it, it's not the, the best comparison to make. Uh, obviously, feelings are running very high. People are uh, understandably upset and, and feel that their livelihoods are at risk. But at the same time, probably, you know, that you've got to 
sometimes moderate the the, the language that you use. I, th I thought there was a, an excellent story um, in the Daily Mail, uh, if I may um, praise our great rival uh, today about um, how in the the highlands and islands and the more sort of rural areas, people are just really struggling to get the tradespeople in mm -hmm. who are needed to bring these properties up to scratch to get a license. Apparently there's only three gas safe engineers on the whole of Sky and Sky's, you know, this tourist hotspot with lots of short term lets. And and these three guys are running around trying to make every single um uh, every single let comply with the new license and, and they're just not able to do it. And and someone said it's a very Edinburgh centric um, piece of legislation because the main issues are in Edinburgh where there's a shortage of accommodation because a lot of the flats in the city centre are being let now to tourists and there's also the issue of rowdy behaviour by stag and hen parties and, and other visitors. So, so perhaps this should have been introduced in Edinburgh first and then... Yeah rolled out across the rest of the country. I, I don't know. I think the problem is they're so far down the line now, another delay will just be seen as a U-turn. Yeah. yeah. Andy Whiteman, the former Green MSP, wrote a decent blog on this. He's one of the experts on that, I would say, where he, he felt like bed and breakfast owners should be exempt, but they should push ahead with people who own commercial short-term lets. He's got yeah. for the the Airbnb owners in Edinburgh, given that the, the impact it's had on the affordable housing crisis. So, I mean, who knows? The, the government might go for some sort of delay, some sort of flexibility. But, but they, can't, they can't delay again. I mean... No, you know, no, but they, you know, they, they might go for exemptions or... or, or well, have you things. seen the list of exemptions? It's like, it's ridiculous. You've already got... Screen I'm certainly not arguing for a delay or exemption. Um, and no. I, think that, uh, I think that the people that the I quoted, people like that really do damage mm. that particular cause because I just think when you're making political points, just keep the Nazis out of it, keep the Holocaust out of it. It's just mm. automatically lose the point. Yeah. You lose the argument. And I, I think that, I think that the, the campaign, whatever they're arguing for, if it's a delay or greater exemptions, I think that it's probably moved backwards for them this week. I agree. Um, so let's just move on to the, um, the spicy by-election in Rutherglen and Hamilton West. This two-horse race between Labour's Michael Shanks and the SNP's Katie Loudon. I mean, I say it's a two-horse race, Hannah, but Labour are going to win it, aren't they? Yeah, so it's, it's just a one-horse race, in my opinion, to be honest. There's only one horse in it. Um, I think that the SNP are doing a really good job in terms of their campaigning. Um, they've definitely been out and about. They've been very, very busy. But I think that, you know, given what has been happening recently with the SNP, we saw them lose the by-election in Bells Hill uh, quite spectacularly. Um, that was to Labour. And then, of course, we have to remember that the person who, you know, the reason why we're having this by-election in Rutherglen, Hamilton West, is because one of the SNP MPs, Margaret Ferrier, decided to go traipsing around the country, essentially, with COVID. Um, now, you know, the, the 
I suppose the treatment of, of Margaret Ferrier can be debated. I think there are people now who would suggest that she was maybe unfairly hung out to dry, given you know, the behaviour of the Tories and other people during lockdown. But, you know, ultimately it was an SNP MP who held the seat and messed it up in some way. So that is always going to count against the SNP if they're trying to, to reclaim the seat. But, yeah, I think Michael Shanks has done, like, a good job as well, you know, kind of matching the SNP's uh, energy in terms of campaigning. Um, there's not been too many clangers or anything like that. Um yeah, I see that there was the, the Green candidate was trying to kind of noise him up the other day about LGBT education in schools, but it doesn't really seem to have made much of a difference. Oh, um, about your piece at the weekend, Hannah, about um, a certain other candidate. Yes, don't, don't, yes. Don't dwell on him too much, but, you know, give us the greatest hits. Uh, I, to be honest, I'd actually rather not. I think I've given him enough air time, but basically... Uh, I'm a man, basically. I would say, I mean, you know, I don't know him personally, but the kind of behaviour... I mean, anyone who's willing to shout and scream at and swear at Hamza Yusuf in front of an entire auditorium and also brick up a sexual health clinic... I think, you know, it's not really not the sort not of somebody I would want to be. In the House of Commons, yes, definitely. No, he, I wouldn't want this person to be my MP, let's put it like that. But, you know, I think on a serious note, there's always a debate around whether you highlight these types of individuals or not. And I think, you know, there is a balance to be struck because they are seeking ultimately publicity in any form, but I also believe that it's, it's quite important to inform the public of exactly who is, you know, standing for election. So, yeah. And Ben, just linked to the by-election, there was a, an interesting opinion poll yesterday which showed Labour and the SNP pretty much even Stevens um, for Westminster, which I think would give Labour more seats in the SNP. Do you feel like we've sort of reached the turning point here that that Labour are actually going to win if the general election is, is next year in Scotland? Um, I mean, it certainly looks that way. Um, the, the, there's, you know, the polls have been heading in this direction for some time. I guess there's still a, a ways to go until the general election. The, the by-election will be interesting. I think, I think Hannah's right. I think, you know, it's Labour's to lose. Um, I mean, personally, I can't wait to see what the, the the results are at the ballot box because it feels like we've been talking about the, the SNP's kind of um, fall and Labour's rise for, for a long time now, but it's never actually been put to the test. Yeah. Um, well, unless you count Bill Sell. Unless, yeah, it's true. <laughs> council elections, I mean, some council elections, the, the, the Tories have done very well. I think mm. earlier in the summer, uh, Bridge of Allen uh, was one, and there were, there were some in the northeast as well. Mm. So I think council elections, though, the turnout's so low. Um, I don't know. I mean, is the turnout for Westminster elections any higher? 
for uh, by-elections? Kind of slightly higher. It gets. Um, yeah, it's more high profile, I suppose. And it's more high profile. I just think that the, the by-election will be just such an interesting. Mm. Um, you know, the, we've had a lot of by-elections down south, um, and there's more coming. And, and this is really the first big test in Scotland for, for quite a long time where mm. we, we can actually get some concrete evidence to say either, A, calm down, everyone. It looks like it's business as usual and people are still going to turn out and vote SNP because, they, I don't know, maybe they've just not been following the news closely enough. Or yeah, I think it's the size of the Labour victory yeah. that is the, the most important thing here rather than Labour victory, because we all suspect, think that that's going to happen. Yeah, um, it's, the, it's the swing, isn't it, and that, that we can yeah. then use to, to kind of predict the general election with a bit more certainty. And right, let's just wrap this up, Ben. Um, good yeah. week, bad week, starting with you. Uh, good week, uh, King Charles. He's in Scotland, obviously, at the moment. He, he was at the Braemar gathering last Saturday. Uh, I think there's there's events tomorrow. I, I don't know if I'm. Uh, uh, I think I'm allowed to say this. I think he's planning something on TV to mark the first anniversary of his mother's uh, passing. And there was also a poll this week which suggested that support for them retaining the monarchy is at 62% in the UK, which is, is about where it was for much of the past decade. So he's kind of confounded his critics who said, well, as soon as Queen Elizabeth goes the affection that she was held in will disappear and the monarchy will start to crumble. Looks like to me that Charles has had quite a good first year on the throne and um, long may it continue. Uh, bad week. Um, again, uh, away from uh, away from Holyrood, I'm afraid, but she has had quite a bad week. Gillian uh, Keegan, uh, the UK Education Secretary, um, for, for me, I think the decision to close schools in England was probably a bit hasty. And I'm going to say that the Scottish government have maybe handled this a bit more delicately. Uh, th this concrete's been there a long, long time. Is it in danger of imminent collapse in the next few weeks? Or can it be repaired, uh, uh, you know, urgently, but what, without disrupting children's education? I think it probably can. And then she's she's kind of gone from bad to worse. She's been the, the politician's worst nightmare. She's been caught on a off-camera microphone making some ill-advised comments. The papers seem to be going for her now. So uh, I think she's had a bit of a bad week. Take yeah. something to make Shirley Ann Somerville look like a, a, a good cabinet secretary. But there you go. Hannah, over to you. So my good week is for police officers in Scotland. So um, Sunday Mail readers will have seen that we reported they were due to hold a protest outside Holyrood yesterday. Um, and that would have been the first time in basically in history, I think, that this has happened. So they were protesting or planning to about uh, pay um, and they managed to secure a pay deal. It wasn't it wasn't quite as much as they wanted. They were asking for eight percent, and they got seven percent. But I think you know it's it's well deserved, really, given the the sort of stresses and strains that the the police are under on a daily basis. 
Um, and obviously the Scottish government are can continue their uh, boasting about not having any strikes in Scotland. So I suppose it's a win-win for everyone, really, there. Um, and my bad week is Joanna Cherry. Um, and that is because, yet again, she has not been selected for a role in the SNP Westminster reshuffle. Uh, so was a couple of years ago that she lost her front, front bench role under Ian Blackford and she kind of kicked up uh, quite a big stink about that at the time, as Joanna Cherry likes to do. Um, but she's been kept off the front bench this time as well. And we've seen, I don't know, We I would have actually liked to talk about that a bit more, This the SNP reshuffle, but um, I guess it's only just weirdos like me who are interested in it, so... And that is it. Joanna Cherry, I know you two are close, so I mean, it's obviously it comes from a place. She, she, she wasn't in the reshuffled team. Okay, I think that's pretty much it. Ben, I know that um, you, you're going to do some house hunting in Cumbria. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> so I won't detain you any longer. Um, I hope everyone has enjoyed listening to this Planet of Hollywood, and please tune in next week as well. It's important we look at the facts. Why? Why? Douglas Ross is sounding pretty scared. I believe in independence. And he clapped like a seal.